Welcome to the Conscious Community Cafe. My name is Misha. This project is about friendship, how four neighborhood friends are exploring their desire for conscious community. The first half of this recording took place on May 4th at Ramola and Ben's house over a collaborative lunch to prepare for the second in-person gathering of the Conscious Community Cafe. The second half of the recording took place at the gathering on May 11th at the Garchor residence in London, Ontario, Canada. We're now sharing that conversation so that anyone who is not able to attend can still participate virtually. These recordings also serve as community connection between gatherings, reminding us that we are not alone and we belong to a community that appreciates and values each one of us. We're working on improving the sound quality and editing, and still in the meantime, we want to give you access to what we have so far. So thanks for your patience and trust in this process. We deeply appreciate your time and attention in listening and would love to hear your feedback about these recordings and the gatherings. So please enjoy and keep in touch. sitting around the, the table having tea and, and our dessert together after a wonderful lunch. And uh, we we're talking about what's been going on in the community since the last gathering. And some of what's happened is that uh, we have a little publication in the local Wortley Villager magazine. Um, ben wrote an article and there's some beautiful photos of the community at the gathering. And Jocelyn's been communicating with some of the members on the meetup um, group who had some questions about what to expect at a gathering. And that's helping us have a dialogue a little bit about what, what is the Conscious Community Cafe and to go a little bit more deep into that. And so Jocelyn has just shared with us um, what she drafted as what she was communicating to the community member about her perspective, and we've been talking about how, you know, we're not, we didn't check with each other first about what Ben wrote, or what Jocelyn answered, or what, how I've described it to set up the different social media, uh, and that we're really operating in the space of the trust of our friendship, and how uh, I'm happy for Ben to express himself through his writing in The Villager, and for Jocelyn to express herself in communicating with the members, and I'm really grateful that you've both done that. And that it didn't cause, it didn't create any more, um, like, burden on me. <laughs> so there's a way that when we actually trust each other, we can we actually create space for each other, as opposed to the place of being afraid. Like, well, what if the way that you say it isn't in alignment with me somehow? Um, and just being in that trusting space. So. Maybe, do you want to start by just reading what you wrote? I think it'd be beautiful to hear it in your voice, too. Sure. Uh, the Conscious Community Cafe is a place to develop and practice the kind of conversation that will enable shifts to happen within communities, work environments, and families. We are exploring how to be inclusive, how to have breakthrough and insights with people who see things very differently how to support the kinds of social and systemic changes that need to occur for our collective humanity to thrive, what people want from a conscious community, what people are bringing to a conscious community, how to support the rise and evolution of the collective genius of the group. 
Thank you. For the record, that was Jocelyn. <laughs> and I love what Ramola was saying. I really resonated as soon as you read it and you, were, you expressed in words what I was feeling also when you said, like, just the wisdom and the, the, the gravity that is also in the lightness and accessibility of, the, of these words is a real gift that you've offered to the community. Um, to, to really lay that out for us is beautiful. And I'm, for myself, it just feels so good to get behind that vision. When we're practicing consciousness on a daily, weekly basis, it brings new information. It brings books that, we, that heighten our awareness and deepen us. And then we bring people into our lives. So in a way, this is a culmination of what we have you know, come from so far mm-hmm. and this journey to continue to co-create and broaden with people who are also doing this and want to do this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and this, all of this talk just made me think of a great example of only a year or two ago when I was proposing to plant a tall grass prairie in the community. And it's an amazing public space and the city was behind it, but we had to use a spray, a spray that's been banned in on private properties, but still available for use in golf courses and a little bit of controversy, but I know of dozens of studies that have shown for these types of of uses that they are fairly, you know, not not too damaging. But one of the local residents felt differently. And the conversation that we had was was really volatile. And I again at that time I would have said, yeah, I'm I'm pretty well evolved in terms of <laughs> conversations. But the the anger and the the fear that came at me so quickly got me back into that space. And I'd love the opportunity to re-engage in that again. And those are the kinds of things that are crucial in a community because this this prairie would have made the community so much better. Mm-hmm. There were so many positive aspects for it. So I think the engagement and how we discuss things, and this is what I wrote in my little article in The Villager, these are the things that came kind of to me right away. I like to keep things as simple as possible. How do we speak with each other, especially when there is a difference? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the opportunity that I really like now. And I'm still getting my buttons pushed quite a bit by whether it's people I don't know like that or family members. It's, it's a, a constant learning for us all, I find, for me. And I love that um, at the gathering, the first gathering, we did get a chance to kind of chat with people a little bit after to get their impressions. Uh, and then we, we had lunch together last week. Um, and shared some of that and and I think what I really took away there was really how much um, we were really listening we really are wanting this feedback from the community to understand what works and what doesn't work and some people talked about how uh, they just shared their experiences about what they were expecting and then how it was different from what they expected and what they would prefer next time and to me, when you're describing that, it's that space of how, like, we're not, we're looking to be in relationship as opposed to, like, find the thing that we want to consume or not and then reject it or not. It's like going into that conversation and saying, you know, this was this way and next time I'd prefer it to be a little bit different um, was really useful. And, and one of the things I think that we're, we're sort of coming to together is really around, like, how can we get 
more of the community voice uh, engaged and, and so that because we have desire to hear the community voice and that is such a beautiful place to come from when it's really like I actually really want to hear what people are saying and what they want to add uh, and so it, it feels like for this next gathering that is something that we're collectively kind of moving towards is how to get more voices in the room uh, and more of that dialogue and for the first one it was nice to kind of set the the space and I'm really excited about how we can be creative about creating the next space and not being bound to what we've created so far mm -hmm. yeah well your idea about having the, the wait staff for the next one was great <laughs> <laughs> No, just the configuration of the room that we're, yeah. that your ideas were. It, it will really add a lot more of a community cafe feel to it. And that's what we really want people to be comf comfortable and really be able to express themselves. Mm -hmm. I also, um, when you were talking about your buttons being pushed, I thought, I, I, I don't think those buttons being pushed goes anywhere. But to me, they can become like an ally. Mm -hmm. It means oh, my buttons are pushed, there's something I'm not hearing. There's, there's some way that I have to go deeper mm. and, and I have to learn more about what this person is bringing. And sometimes I find that what they're bringing like, actually stretches back generations. There's, all, there's conditioning around it, there are ancient stories around it, there are, there are lots of things that come and that need to be heard. Um, before anything can shift mm. they just have to be allowed to come into the, the space and one of the things that would happen to me is I would often think there just isn't time for this there just isn't time for all of this mm -hmm. but now I think there isn't time not to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because as long as it's here it's here and it's going to act out faster and continue in other ways yeah when I and I love this because you know Ben's obviously in ecology and so an environmentalist and we believe in consciousness and we talk about you know social activism in all sorts of ways whether it's feminism or um, parenting or any of these topics that are really important and to remember that no matter where we fall on a spectrum of ideology the connection is the bridge that brings us into awareness. It's not the idea. The idea is important, but that's not what brings us to a new level as a, as a society or, or a consensus. That's brilliant. And that's hard, especially when you've come to an awareness about something that you are passionate about and believe strongly about. And yet there are people who believe the exact opposite with just as much passion. And can you create community with them, I think, is the most relevant piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I find it remarkable that you, who are so into ecology and into all of these things, were able to embrace the importance of being able to use that chemical in order to <clears throat> establish something that in the long run it, like the ability yeah. to yeah. to be both and about it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that, that was a stretch for me, uh, for sure. And, and thanks for acknowledging that. And yet it brought me to a level of shame when somebody was criticizing my use of it, even when I claimed that I had all of these studies. And then when I learned about this individual and they were a really prominent person in the community and known in the arts community. So a lot of the things I was, I was really on board, there was a lot of overlap. But the dialogue was, was nowhere near finding a consensus until I just dropped the whole project. And I, I felt it was such a loss. Had to send the grant money back. And we rebuilt it eventually in a different place a few years later. But it was a, a missed opportunity. But again, you know, something to learn from. It reminds me of the pro of sort of the space of exploring rupture. Mm. and disconnection and how um, so often we just have so much we're all carrying so much pain in us of our lived experiences of rupture and disconnection that as soon as like the, the just the tiniest little niggles of that type of energy can just be so overwhelming and how to actually yeah. as you say like be able to like stay peaceful with myself to know I'm okay, I'm safe, and how can I be curious about this? Um, I love that that really speaks to this part for me about how to have breakthrough and insight with people who see things very differently. Um, that ever more so in a certain way as we engage digitally, for example, we can just have this confirmation bias that's constantly the algorithms are designed to continue to give us more of what we want. Right. And so we just get more and more addicted to getting this validation of what we believe through everything we see. And so it's even more confronting when we are faced with somebody who believes something different. And, and how can we just, you know, be soft in that place and gentle with ourselves as well to know, okay, this is not just about this experience. This experience is reminding me of many other painful experiences of rupture and disconnection. And this is an opportunity for me to grieve and to feel that pain for myself to get offer that level of compassion to myself. Well, well put. And I would add, if I could have the three of you come along with me in life, whenever there's an instance that this happens, <laughs> I can not only check my own guides, but I'll check in with you guys. And, and we do that, right? I mean, I, I've had this experience where I'm sharing with you guys the vulnerability of what's happening in my life. And... And, and your voices are with me throughout the day. When I'm going through little challenges, I'm hearing your voices <laughs> and reminding that's myself. Great. And I think that's why it's so important that we, that, we, that we invest in these kinds of communities where we're getting that level of nourishment. I came from a sports background, and so I grew up with coaching. And, um, and my mother like, has a quality of coaching about the way that she, that she leads in community. And so I could hear her voice guiding me and I could hear my sports coaches guiding me and I could hear my friends' voices guiding me in those moments. Um, but it's like we have to also be filling up on that so that it's there when we're in those little panic moments. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, this, how can we be inclusive? How can we create the space for people to get that need met? It's, I find it's also about confronting the loss when it's not optimal. So when we see this is how it should be or this is how it could go if it was, and I say in quotes, optimal, because we make up a story of this is how, it, for example, if we all collaborated on this document and we edited it 
that it might make a better document. We sometimes make up that, that story. And then in receiving information that's contrary, how do we let go that image of optimal to see what is meant to be created? Mm. What can be created? And there's a magic in what can be created with that difference that we can't even imagine. So when we make up that there's this loss, and I do this sometimes, I'll see, you know, if we're not on the same page and we can't go this way, whether it's a committee or a relationship, and I want it, I can see this would just make it wonderful, and maybe that's true, but what happens is even better because you're bringing every stakeholder into something. You've created leadership and co-creation, and that co-creation has its own journey. And even if it brings out that evolution over time, and I know even with the environment, we talk about some of these things, it engages more people as opposed to saying, oh, we only have five years and it's otherwise this, this, and this is going to happen. And, you know, this is, this is an ideal. And I think there are always those situations with people who are just incorrigible and <laughs> and and just um, you know you don't have to have a gun to be damaging to a community. Mm-hmm. Well said. Um, like you know there there are different forms of violence yeah. that live within people and that get visited on us, and so I think you know part of what we get into in this conscious community and especially with the four of us is just kind of a love fest, you know. <laughs> but but it's not always a love fest. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, one of the things that I struggle with is how do you stand and, you know, what do you meet violence with? Mm-hmm. And I don't know the answer to that. But that's, and it's one of the conversations that really bothers me. And so I think it's one I need to be having. Mm. As you talk about that, this, what's coming to mind for me is the idea is really the, the exploration of boundaries and how, for me, it feels like the most violent that I could be is to not protect myself in a way when I recognize that somebody is out of their brilliance. Um, because... By enabling them to sort of cause me harm that I know that they don't want to cause to me, I'm sort of like holding them, like I'm creating a story between us of, of them in their kind of reactionary place. And, it's, and then I get hooked into that story because I get hurt by it and then I believe it and I am in that kind of dialogue. So to me, that spot of boundaries and the internal boundaries of just noticing like, oh, I'm feeling reactive. How do I take back enough energy to replenish myself so that I'm not then going further into that? Um, has been a huge. That's a big part of what I'm trying to learn to do. To do exactly that of how to how to at least have healthy boundaries and containment for myself and others. It makes me wonder. I remember reading uh, Fifth Sacred Thing and the the spoiler alert for anybody who wants to read it, that at the end of this war, these people stand before their enemies, and one after another, while they're being shot, say, you have a place at my table. Come and break bread with me. That's a paraphrase. That's not actually what she wrote. And 
imagining and, and that it eventually softened that the person could no longer shoot. That, mm -hmm. the, that the opposing side could no longer stand in the face of that much love and continue to be violent. And it has always really been a place of struggle. What is codependence and what is standing in the face of, of violence with deep love? And how can you be strong enough to be not codependent mm -hmm. and that deeply loving? Because that codependence is, I don't set boundaries, I give in because I think I'm going to rescue you. I take my energy to try to make something happen and hope that it will be different. Standing in that strength is very boundary. It's not trying to make something happen. It's standing so deeply that you hope that they resonate with you. Right. Yeah, it makes me think of that song we recently heard by Tim Weeder that says, um, Warrior, it's, it's time to put down your sword. Um, but you are still a warrior, you know, so you still have to move on with strength. That, that gave me that image strongly. And we were talking about the concept of codependence and how we, it's, it's a market issue that we all have to be aware of to not let our energies get taken away from our, our brilliance. And to really like hold each other in all of those forms. It's to say that, you know, when I um, am in my sort of consciousness and awareness and using my body's clues about what I'm experiencing, I'm able to have consciousness to say, like, oh, okay, I'm in reaction, or that person's in reaction. Like, don't expect them to be in their brilliance while they're in reaction and then hold them accountable to their brilliance while they're in reaction because that's not that's not fair it's like when i'm in my in my reaction um it, it reminds me of kind of that the intimacy of family in a way of how you know you kind of like get in a little fight with your sibling and then you go off to your room and then you come back to the table for dinner and it's always this the next opportunity to see how is the relationship going to feel in the next moment, in the next moment, in the next moment? Nice. Without sort of the holding a grudge, I guess, is sort of the hard thing is to let go of, like, be in both places that I can feel the violence and I can feel the need for a boundary, but that my boundary is also not a wall that I'm not willing to dismantle if the situation is different. It's and it's also known when the situation isn't. Yes. It's the discernment, despite wanting to connect, yes. wanting to know somebody, is maybe this time going to treat me with respect or love or the depth of compassion that I would like. But they can't. And mm -hmm. really being able to discern that they can't, whether it's in this moment or they just can't. And knowing how to let that go yeah. without really resenting or hurting myself trying to get something else. Mm -hmm. yeah, we don't have to become hard-hearted. Mm -hmm. We can remain compassionate and empathic and um, care deeply for that person's well-being. Mm -hmm. we, we can continue to, um, in our own thoughts and being, support their well-being without interacting with them. And, and I think that's huge. I'm not sure why, but this made me think of something you said the other night. 
about really every aspect of society really needs to ratchet it up is in terms of the consciousness of, of what either that field of, of work or study or whatever a person's contribution is. And I, I was really, you know, this, this is to anybody who might be listening out, out there about the first meeting that some of the people didn't think they'd have much to contribute, but the richness of the people who showed up because of their own experience and what they've, they've come across in their lives was amazing. And I, I, that's really a big hope of mine for this group is to not only, like from my own selfish point of view, to learn about all of these because in the group it was just fascinating, but to help each other out because we're all struggling in different areas and succeeding at the same time. So I really love that element in here. And I think you have it right here in your description that you read about what are we bringing to the conscious community because there's so much richness that each person that came brought. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I agree. So I think it will be really neat to get sort of what we've been talking about um, is using these these points in the discussion as a sort of a conversation starter and really experimenting with how even the space is set up to see how that feels different and where the last time we were structured in a circle uh, we're talking about exploring mimicking a little bit more of a cafe with smaller tables where people can kind of congregate and and work you know, discuss some of these conversation points and then with the intention of coming back into a larger conversation towards the end of the, the event, uh, the gathering, to hear a little bit more about what insights the group can share with the broader group as well. And I'm really excited about that and I just, I really love the space of creativity that we're bringing in just creating this little opportunity to explore together by just saying, okay, let's do it. To let's do it differently this time, and try it out and see how it feels. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And and um, does anybody want to mention any of the topics that came up? Because I know it's not really about what you talk about, but it might be of interest for some mm -hmm. people. One of the things that I felt was fascinating in my group was we ended up talking about meditation because there was sort of a, not everybody's a meditator of the sort where you sit on the cushion and uh, try to get your mind to behave. And yet it came out that people had all sorts of exquisite meditations like bird watching and um, music and sports and different things that people do that really do help you drop into deeper states and uh, receive awareness and, and just sort of be in a deep state of peace and acceptance and awe, all of these things. And um, I think sometimes when people hear conscious community or consciousness, it just makes you think, oh, I have to go sit on a mountain or be in a cave or something, you know. And, and it's really not it. There are all kinds of meditation and they're not all uh, studied on a religious path or something. Mm -hmm. And so I found that topic was really useful. Mm -hmm. And um, just language, we have associations with language, and then we make assumptions. And language is the best we have, but it can only go so far. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 
So that was one topic that, that came up in our that is That is important. So many people say, I can't do it. And then some people will eventually recognize they are doing it right. through different ways. How about you guys? In my group, it was um, people were really sharing about their practices and their practices were so different. And that was really neat to get to feel that in the community of, again, this wealth of resource that people are bringing, um, whether it's uh, like body-based practices uh, or whether it's more contemplative um, self-inquiry practices or whether it was more intuitive practices. Uh, that was really neat for people to get to share and to get to feel some of the the commonalities and the differences between those practices as well. That's kind of what our group talked about. Hmm. Our group was talking about both the vulnerability and the deep curiosity about being in community. The vulnerability. Some people had never done uh, the inquiry of conscious community and how vulnerable it is and the feeling of responsibility to not only be aware but how do we practice this on a day-to-day -day basis, if we were at the grocery store, if we saw somebody in, in an interaction. Mm -hmm. And so there began this awareness of first validating self that we are each capable, that there we have the capacity, not that just because we haven't done this before, we haven't talked about it, that it's not, it's beyond our potential. And and then engaging the curiosity and in, in the group about what that looked like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. For, for me, there were a couple of, of examples of what you would think somebody is doing in terms of a conscious job. And I know they all can be conscious the way we all do them. But there was a woman who was working on green burials in the city of London. And there are all sorts of stumbling blocks from, from local bylaws to the acidity of what the body presents for a tree that's going to grow there. Then there was a woman who was a medical intuitive who eventually skipped the group. But the fascinating insights that she had on being able to read the aura of a body. But there was um, a man, not but, and there was a man who was a pipe fitter. Mm. And he spoke so eloquently about his profession and his desire to deepen in community and to find a group like this to talk about topics that come up to him all day as he's working, meticulously putting pipes together. And that really blew me away, that one because that's really what we need in addition to those other things. But we don't often consider that as, as something that would be included in this. And it really should be, and it is. Mm. Yeah, I love that. It, to me, that speaks to the point on here um, of how to support the rise and evolution of the collective genius of a group. Right. That we are these individual geniuses and then collectively as we're getting to explore here together as well that by being in community we're accessing a, another collective part of our genius and i find it so important to talk the way we've been talking today is the inclusion of the light the genius and the shadow mm -hmm. because we all have it we were talking the other day about how many of us have addiction and not i'm not talking active alcohol or, or drug but you know, Gabor Mate talks about music as an addiction or, you know, work as an addiction. These allowable pieces that bring the ego and the shadow to kind of contort around something. And yet through relationship, 
we can find these spaces that can be co-creative regardless and be aware and discerning about how to engage with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Wow. So we're all ready for our, we're next, ready for our next, next second gathering. Absolutely. <laughs> next Friday. Yeah. May 11th at uh, 7 p.m. at the Garcho residence. And yeah, are there any 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 kind of well, desires I, that come to mind? I was that? just going to add, we'll have more cookies like these in case <laughs> you, you guys out there were wondering. Delicious. <laughs> but they'll be fresh. And, we and won't use these ones. <laughs> Yeah. Beautiful. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just and just so grateful for this this kind of play and this game that we've created for ourselves. Yeah. You guys and everybody out there are, are all the pieces that we need. Yeah. Well thank you. We closed our lunch together, filled with gratitude and curiosity for how the next gathering might unfold. A week later we reunited to explore a new format of gathering. The room was set up like a cafe in clusters of tables and chairs. And at each table were cards with the intention of the group and the questions we discussed at our preparatory lunch. To refresh your memory, the Conscious Community Cafe is a place to develop and practice the kind of conversation that will enable shifts to happen within communities, work environments, and families. We are exploring how to be inclusive how to have breakthrough and insight with people who see things very differently, how to support the kinds of social and systemic changes that need to occur for our collective humanity to thrive, what people want from a conscious community, what people are bringing to a conscious community, how to support the rise and evolution of the collective genius of the group. The 20 or so attendees dispersed around each of the tables and for 15 minutes at a time focused on a conversation around one of the questions and then switched to a different table with a new 15-minute conversation question. After three rounds of conversation, the entire group reassembled in a large circle to share their findings and the following live recording captures this portion of the group conversation from the second gathering of the Conscious Community Cafe, which took place on May 11th. Enjoy. We're discussing in your groups, and uh, and then to enjoy again afterwards. And just to keep you up to date on uh, this little group, has a meetup page um, that some of you might have found us through. And there are about 50 members that are now following the activity through meetup. Um, and the podcast that we have two recordings posted on. We've had 80 80 listens to the podcast, so. Um, the conversation is, is being heard outside of this room as well, um, and I think that people are really appreciating the fact that we're even having the conversation. So I'm really appreciative that you're here, and just to share really the intention of the recording and the podcast is to extend the possibility of this conversation beyond this room, because I think what we're sharing here is, is extremely valuable and very important and meaningful for people. Uh, and so we're trying to make it available as a resource. And if you have any ideas that you want to share about the content or the structure or anything, we're really welcome to that. Uh, 
um, looking forward to hearing about what was coming up. So I think the intention here is quite a casual conversation, and we're just using microphones so that we get uh, more volume on the recording, and so that we can all hear what we're saying. Um, so if anybody's willing to share about what they were discussing in their group, that would be great. Does anyone feel like starting? belong to a book group and um, you have um, a, a discussion around the book and it opens up new areas. Um, I found the questions um, initially were maybe a little daunting because my mind was going, oh, what is that? What is that? And then suddenly you're on. But um, it reminded me of the book club. You know, once you start talking and you maybe give one point of view, and somebody else comes up with something else and your mind starts to think, oh yeah, I thought about that. And it goes on and round the group. And you end up with a lovely rounded feeling that um, it's expanded for you what that question meant. And to me, that's important. That's great, Paula. I, I just wanted to add to that as well that uh, the questions, really important questions, I like them as well. And it was first a first glance for me to see. And then when we got away a little bit from the answers and trying to really, you know, scratch away at our minds into some of the personal stories, then I think we started to answer some of the, the questions that were posed in that. So I think that was a really good mix. Uh, and, and, you know, just brilliant things came out of your mouths. I, I loved it. What people want from the uh, We did talk about that. Uh, we said we wanted big talk and not small talk. We actually had a scribe. Um, we um, we wanted honesty. That was a big thing. Honesty was huge. Um, and we actually worked our way into this question by talking about what we were bringing to conscious community and by owning some of our gifts and uh, saying that we were bringing Curiosity, service, um, patience. That was one that came out near the end. That a lot of these things take patience. Yeah, some of the notes that I took from that question in our group was around um, uh, belonging and feeling sort of a sense of validation and worthiness and that we matter uh, and that uh, there's a sense of inclusiveness and open and so expansive and expanding and, and supporting growth and depth also with boundaries and creativity and vulnerability and one of the things that I was sort of curious about in our group when we were talking about creativity and vulnerability, um, well, sort of everything ties into this creative kind of force and how I bet most of us here uh, have a creative project of some kind. And wouldn't that be neat at one of these gatherings if we brought something that we were working on to just share, to get to know each other a little bit better, what are we interested in? 
That was something that was coming to mind for me. To add to that, perhaps uh, we could create something together, although we are, that's what we're doing at the moment is a creative conversation. Uh, but one of the concepts I liked was the concept of not only being present in the moment, but creating something that was a sustainable approach to uh, the conscious community. I think that I, I talked about our, the depth of our presence here and, um, and how important I think that is given how busy the world seems to be. Um, I really appreciate that as a gift from others um, and hope that my presence is a gift for others as well. But um, I think, you know, coming with an open heart and an open mind and wanting to learn, and I think I was saying too that we all come from completely different perspectives and different life experiences, and, and that's what, that's beautiful, right? That's what is, is the beauty of the experience of being human. And uh, it's appreciating that, I think, in every one of us, but also acknowledging the connection that we have. There's one in there, what do you want from conscious community? I, I had what I thought was a bit of a rant, but not necessarily. I, I want a lot from it, personally. Um, like, when, when you look at life and, and the changes that could be made in all aspects of life, we have people working at the edge that know how to do things to make it better for whatever the cause is. So whether it's the environment or human health or, or traffic lights or piping, I don't know what it is. There, there is some way to make it better, not necessarily efficient, but less invasive, um, more impactful, um, with more love. And I think when we bring people together and start to have this conversation, we recognize that, that we could do that pretty quickly if we start to support those people in those areas who are doing it nice. Let's try this question and see what comes to mind. How to have breakthrough and insights with people who see things very differently? Um, I, I've struggled with this one big time. Um, I've been retired or took retirement early for, I don't know, about 13 years. So at the beginning of that retirement, I had this need to do something to, to make a difference or to live life differently. I saw the rampant consumerism that we were in. I saw the, the inequity. But we have so much abundance in Canada. We have so much, and we have the ability to do so much. And I really believe we are in an enviable position just through sheer luck, history or something. You know, how is it we have this abundance, and yet it, I really feel it was built on the backs of people living in poverty, immigrants, people from other countries, like we, we can buy, we have power. We can buy and import all this stuff for next to nothing. And we, per capita, I, I think we use more. And, and other countries long for what we have. And it doesn't necessarily make us happy or them happy. That longing for, for more stuff and bigger experience, better experiences. I love the ideas of coming together. Someone mentioned we should share ideas of, of what we are doing to see if there's an interest for other people to assist in, in making something more sustainable. I, I guess in my experiences, I find there, there's a shutdown of communication. Um, 
there doesn't seem to be, and, and maybe it's we feel overwhelmed, and and so I, I find um, opinions and ideas sometimes are shut down, and perhaps it's because we're all too busy. Um, I don't I don't know what the answer is, but 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 it's it's difficult having the conversations. It's it's difficult creating the change, the collective change that we need. I think we can gain insight um, when someone has an opposing opinion or a different idea from us, when we can um, allow ourselves to see their opinion or their position as a chance for us to learn something. So if we open to the idea that we can learn something from everything that comes to us. So in that way, somebody else's different opinion can be a gift, and if you can see their opinion as a gift, then you can be grateful for that. And if you can be grateful, then you've changed your position from one of opposition to one where both things can be present and neither one be right and wrong. You can have your own opinion, and that person can have their opinion. So there's a gentling, I think, that happens, and I know it's idealistic and it contains a hard time to get there, but I think that the opportunity to learn from another opinion's opinion, another pe- person's opinion, is quite a gift. I think sometimes the airing of opinions, and I think we all go through this, is a chance for us to actually uh, hear it ourselves, and that gives us a chance to reevaluate it. So that's why it's important to have those conversations. That just the idea of a breakthrough and an insight with people who see things very differently, I'm always reminded about really being willing to have my own breakthrough. Um, And so letting go of whether or not anybody else has any breakthroughs, but really claiming my own opportunity to have the breakthrough. um, And that that might be the way that that I might be most impactful as well. Sometimes trying to find a mutual purpose or a shared purpose challenging, but one of the examples um, when I've taught different conversation courses is when you come up to conflict like that, it's, the example is, I think it was in Oregon or something, where there was a pro-life group and a pro-choice group, and the local government kind of mandated that they got together and figured out how to work together within the city because they both had all these resources. So if you can imagine how challenging that would be for those two groups to come together, but what they were able to do was come to a mutual purpose and that they both wanted to avoid teen pregnancies. So they could actually, they had to probably keep going higher and higher (laughs) from a purpose perspective, but they actually were able to come to that consensus that they could both, you know, consciously work towards that goal. I I think it's a great example of of an amazing breakthrough, really. One of the things that came up in response to several of these questions in the the group I was with, or groups, was the uh, idea of boundaries, and I heard somebody put that out again. And uh, I think, like, for example, when we were talking about how to be inclusive, um, we, we were looking at, well, we want to include immigrants, we want people to feel welcome and to come to our country, and they have to obey our laws. That, that's part of the deal. And so in a conscious community, you know, we started out with some guidelines. We have some agreements here. 
about the kinds of conversations we want to have. And we want everybody to come and we want them to agree to our guidelines so that the conversation can be uplifting and expansive. And then if people have ideas for new guidelines and the group wants to consider them, that's great. But um, I think this idea of boundaries and of structure, the, the universe is composed of laws. We have the laws of gravity and the, the, these various things. It, it just is law. And so that in order for us to be free, another word that came up was safety. These laws create a certain amount of safety. We can depend on them. And so in, in, to be inclusive and expansive both, we need to also have things that ground and that hold at center and that keep us safe and that assure some civility and, and, and that's what creates community. I think one of the things that we talked about is holding our own vibration and our own selves and to the degree that we can do self-care, uh, self-support, and lean on the people who can support us really allows us to be more fully present to those who really disagree with us because then we're not needing from them, we're not looking for just agreement, we're not looking for uh, same-sidedness, we're not looking to be seen or valued because they cannot perhaps in that space see or value. And then how do we reach out and find that little space that we can move maybe just a little bit in terms of sharing or connecting and that that has more to do with shifting relationship when we disagree than trying to meet and see eye to eye or have some general consensus when the maybe is meant. And how can I celebrate the things that I can be in community with that person around. Maybe there's something, you know, we both have kids, or they're, you know, we both have grandkids, or we both have an enjoyment of tea. I mean, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's where can I celebrate and see and value you, and in so doing, build from it. That was so powerful. I love what you said. We can shift relationships when we can shift ideas. Yeah, it, it was good, and I also <clears throat> agree with what Victor was saying, is that the, you know, life is too short to try to work with somebody who you know is not in the same, is, is going to be close to you at all. But, and the difference is if somebody approaches you and you have to deal with them. You know, so then you, you, you need some, some boundaries pretty quickly. You need to be on solid ground yourself. We talked about this in our group. I, I had the, the experience of this because I lived in a place where I was hugely unpopular. So a lot of people would come and, and tell me how much they didn't like me or how much they didn't like what I was doing. And so, you know, for a while I was trying to get them to see the truth because I had the truth. I was the truth holder, right? <laughs> and then after a while I was like, no, they don't want any piece of this truth. Right? So so to be able to, to move on quickly and then as we discussed in our group, that maybe they'll hear it five or six or seven times in other ways and they'll come to it in their own way and then not even remember the conversation they had with you when you were giving them truth, right? And to take responsibility for what we are hearing, not just what's being said, but what we're actually hearing. And if we pay attention to what we're hearing in our own head, as opposed to what someone is saying, 
then we're more likely to shift because when there's an opposition or when there's a conflict, needs are not being met and sometimes we don't even know what those needs are. And we can't know what the needs are if we can't hear underneath what is being said. So we need to be able to do that as a conscious community. And that way, I think the likelihood of leaving people in the dust as we turn our back is less likely because we'll find a common ground and want to move along together. I mentioned that about the laws of gravity, that we have laws, and it was pointed out to me by my son, and he's science-based, and he's went from physics to biology, and he pointed out to me that laws are all subjective within all living beings, because we don't know what that plant is communicating to us on what their view of law of gravity is. And it actually opened my eyes because we, as humans, we think we are the superior model and we have all the objective answers in the world. But there is an abundance of living beings out there that perhaps have their own laws. Oh, it's so lovely to be here. Um, with people who understand what the word conscious even means, right? Like, we've all made a decision to bring that word into our lives and to, um, so that just in and of itself, it's a wonderful thing to sit in a room full of people that are thinking that way. Um, and then about the thing you were saying about plants, and we were talking about this last time I was at your table, I'll, we started talking about this, and it made me think of, um, in a forest, that if one tree is suffering, um, other trees will send it nutrients through the ground. Yeah, okay, this is, other people have heard this too. Yeah, so it just goes to show you that empathy exists in all forms of life. Um, so that made me think about what you were talking about as well, like empathetic listening. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, that's all. Yeah, sorry, I can't resist to add a little bit to that. In, in cities, when trees don't have other trees very close by, they, they die early, much earlier, because they don't have the community support. Yeah. In that analogy, too, it shows that it is a give and take. The, the one tree is giving up a certain amount of their nutrients for someone else to survive, and so that is how we do find a common ground or the middle way between our uh, that consensus with someone that we may not understand or agree with. It is uh, uh, it's it's hard, but we do have to make some some sacrifices in order to to find that middle way. So the tree does it, and so we have to also. Thank you so much for your attention in listening to this gathering and supporting this project through your service and participation of listening and joining us physically or virtually. The next Conscious Community Cafe gathering will take place on Sunday, June 24th at 3 p.m. at the Garchore Residence in London, Ontario. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon. 
We deeply appreciate your time and attention in listening and would love to hear your feedback about these recordings and the gatherings. Please keep in touch. We love you. Your presence and radiance matter in the world. Take care.